If you're affected by anything discussed on this podcast or you just want to talk, please reach out to someone for help and support. You can also reach out to ManBlues via email at manblues at gmx.com, at manbluesuk on Twitter, or find us on Mastodon by searching for at manblues. We're not qualified to help, but we can listen. Please don't suffer in silence. I'm Leon Deggs, and I have Man Blues. This week's episode is about social media. Hi, and welcome to Man Blues. I am Leon Deggs, and I'm pretty sure by now that you know what social media is. However, if you are perhaps a little confused as to what it might be, social media refers to a variety of technologies that facilitate the sharing of ideas and information among their users. From Facebook to Instagram to platforms like Twitter and YouTube, uh, more than 4.7 billion people use social media, which is equal to roughly 60% of the world's population. Feels like a lot of people are on there, doesn't it? So that's what social media is. But what's my problem with it? Well, I think social media has actually become quite a poisonous platform, and that's where I despair. When I first started with social media, which feels like a long time ago now, the world felt like a nicer place, and it felt like a better place in general. It probably wasn't. To be fair, a lot of times when you know you get to any age, you look back at how good things were. Things were always better back then because you had a completely different frame of reference. But I believe it's now become poisonous enough that no matter what you put on your social media, you're getting enough reach that somebody's going to disagree with you. And then it could very well be the case that one of the people who disagrees with you has even more reach and then more people start wading in. So what's my issue with social media being poisonous? Surely people are allowed their own opinions. Yes, they absolutely are. I don't have a problem with people having opinions. In fact... I watched a documentary about social media where somebody said that they actively and specifically follow people with whom they disagree so that they can see the other point and the other side of the argument. Now it took me a while to sort of understand the importance of that, but it is important because if you only live in that one bubble and you only believe your own information and your own facts and your own knowledge, you're never ever going to be challenged. And I think challenging your beliefs and your thoughts is important, but then Leaning back into it and basically just saying to other people, I'm right, you're wrong. That's the bit I dislike about it, especially when it comes down to opinions, because opinions aren't facts. I mean, there's a great Ricky Gervais piece on this in one of his Netflix specials where he talks about my opinion is equally as valid as your opinion, which is true. But then where it says my opinion is equally as valid as your fact, which is not true, because a fact is a fact. It's irrefutable. So why did I start with social media? Well, in the Facebook years, although I do believe there's a kind of like, it's on the wane, the youth of today don't necessarily subscribe to Facebook and don't necessarily connect to that social media. They prefer perhaps Instagram or Snapchat. But back in my day, I started with Facebook because I was using it as a method to keep in touch with my distant relatives, by which I mean they were just the opposite end of the country. But it was interesting to sort of, you know, be able to reach out to them, be able to communicate with them. Yes, we had mobile numbers and so on. But it was nice to be able to reach out to, you know, just to see what was go- what they're going through, what they're putting on their social media, what's happening in their day. The only problem is, and this is where I kind of, 
I lost faith with Facebook in particular. I started seeing people sharing things that I didn't agree with and they didn't tap into my particular worldview and they weren't necessarily facts, they were just opinions. And then equally there was the other side of Facebook which was people just sharing stuff for the sake of sharing it. Whether they'd done any fact checking or not seemed to be irrelevant to them but they were just sharing it and going haha look at this. And I saw just a little too much of the specific types of things being shared that made me think this isn't for me anymore, I'm not enjoying being on this social media. So I started to pull back a little bit. What I found was I was sitting on there, usually whilst at work, and I was in the bathroom and I was just scrolling through Facebook, just aimlessly scrolling, 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 before doom scrolling became a thing. And I just got to a point where I was like, this now becomes a chore. This is something I have to do every day to go onto the site to see if anybody sent me any notifications to which I have to react. And one of my first tasteless things I came across on Facebook, there was a built-in app that was called Face in the Hole or something like that. And you could take anybody's photograph and you could stick that in this Face in the Hole app and then you could make a funny picture of somebody. And what somebody did was they put my face on the body of a fat ballerina. It was an awful picture. And this person tagged me in that photograph. And straight away I was like, no, I don't want to be associated with this. I don't find that funny. So she tagged me in this photograph and I removed my tag. And I spoke to her the next day at work and I said, please don't tag me and things like that. I don't want that showing up on my family's social media. And she said, why? It's my post. I can do what I want with it. And that's when I realized Facebook isn't in my hands if I've allowed somebody to be a friend. And that evening when I got home, I was checking through Facebook. Lo and behold, she'd re-tagged me. So I removed the tag and unfriended her. And then I started to wonder, what am I even posting on Facebook anyway? So I started to just... I got stuck in this rut where I was constantly scrolling through Facebook and constantly reading notifications, constantly getting messages. And I was like, who is this person? I don't even... Why have I added somebody who I went to school with? So I started... I told myself at the start of one year, I forget which year it was, but I told myself at the start of one year, I'm going to stop using Facebook for a year, see how long I get. And I lasted eight months. The following January, I thought, no, now I need to really stop using Facebook and get off it. And I did. And I've never been back. So then I joined Twitter as well. And when I went on Twitter in the first place, I had no idea what it was for and I had no idea what to use it for. And I followed, in my sort of innocence, the wrong people. Because there was somebody I followed who thought it was funny to tweet exactly what they were doing all through the day. It was that sort of nonsensical stuff and it spoiled it for me. So I disabled my account. And then years later, I met up with a colleague. He basically convinced me to go back on Twitter, but suggested I follow different people. So I found different people to follow. It takes a while on Twitter or X to build up the right list of people you want to follow. And then when you get there, you get sometimes links to other people and you find other interesting people. Now my Twitter feed is a lot more interesting. There's a lot more people on there from whom I want to hear things. And I tend not to hear things from people I'm not interested in. But Twitter is the most poisonous platform out there. You can post something completely innocuous and it'll get shared to somebody else before you know it, someone's having a go at you. And it's all unsolicited and it's all unwanted. Just because I'm on Twitter doesn't mean I want to be abused by people out there. And that's what I find is a problem with Twitter. So I moved over to Mastodon and do you know what? I have not looked back. I'm not here to advocate Mastodon over Twitter, but my goodness, the people there are people. They're not bots. They're not argumentative types if you have a disagreement with someone on mastodon it usually comes from the point of view of, oh sorry i misunderstood you rather than why don't you understand me so 
But I think the problem I've got with it is that thoughts are exactly that. They are thoughts. I think having a platform where you can air your thoughts isn't necessarily a good thing. The fact that you've got these Facebook mums and then you get the groups of people that do the anti-vax stuff or the pro-vax stuff and you've always got one side of the argument and the flat earthers and all the other people and they're all out there touting their beliefs, their thoughts, their impressions on the world and everyone else is looking at it going, I don't understand why you're doing this. I don't understand what point you're trying to make. I've mentioned it before about these Facebook moms where they share a photograph of a very clean looking living room with everything all tidied away. And then they'll say, my house is a mess, but my children are loved. And you're going, but that house is pristine. You should see the mess I live in, right? But it's that fakery that I dislike. The fact that people are out there giving it all, oh, look at this wonderful life I lead. And But it's not though, is it? You don't share the photograph of the kitchen while you were cooking. You share the photograph of the food on your plate after you've finished plating it up and you've wiped everything down. You don't share the photograph of your dining table while it's covered in clutter. You share the photograph of your dining table after you've lit the candles and poured the wine to make it look like you live a better life than you do. And that's what I dislike about it. And that's where it makes me angry and upsets my man blues. I just don't understand why people feel the need to share photographs and comments about a life they don't lead. I don't see why it's that important to people to mislead others about what's going on in your private life. Then you've got your targeted advertising. Then you've got the fact that Facebook is reading the cookies on your phone and your computer so that it can see what you've recently been searching and that's why you get targeted adverts in Facebook. Have you ever wondered why? It's because it uses cookies on your phone. When you find that out, you think, how has that been allowed? that Facebook can read the cookies from all the websites that are on my phone or on my computer to understand what I've been looking at to give me targeted advertising. Surely that's got to be a breach of my privacy. But apparently not. And then it gets addictive. And why is it addictive? So I googled and did some searching. I realised, I do apologise, I've ranted a lot on this, but social media really does affect me badly. So why is social media addictive? It's because of the accessibility of it. It gives individuals a chance to access an array of information all in the palm of their hand. And it activates those same reward pathways that are triggered when using an addictive substance such as drugs and alcohol. Which is scary, isn't it? But you don't need to stop entirely. You just need to set some limits. So, how to tell if you are addicted to social media? I found a website, the link of which is in the blurb, that explains the differences between the unhealthy use of social media and a social media addiction. So an unhealthy use of social media is when you scroll through social media when you need some time to relax and de-stress. That's definitely not healthy. So the social media addiction side of it is that if you are unable to look at your phone every few minutes, you become stressed and on edge. Happily, this social media addiction doesn't affect me as much, but I do remember feeling it a little bit being a chore when I used to be on Facebook I thought oh I've not gone through my Facebook feed yet I need to read that and see who's been doing what uh, another unhealthy use is using your phone to communicate with friends but still taking the time to socialize with them in person why are you communicating with them and then socializing with them this isn't where you're sending the message saying meet me in the pub in five minutes or meet me at the park in 20 minutes that's not that that's where you're saying to your friends hey how's your day been blah 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 and then you meet them and you socialize with them as well and say hey how's your day been that's an unhealthy use of social media but another example of social media addiction is when you neglect social responsibilities in favour of scrolling rather than engaging with your friends in person. 
More unhealthy uses is if you look at your phone a little too often to procrastinate or to take your mind off certain tasks. Every time I sit down in front of this computer to start recording this podcast, I go through my emails, I go through my social media, I go through various other bits and pieces, and I think, no, 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 focus, Degsy, get with the program. Today, I didn't. But the social media addiction side of this is using it as a coping mechanism to forget about the problems that exist in your personal life. As I said, I'm going to post the link to this particular website in there, but these are all really perceptive comments that they make about the use of it, the unhealthy use, and the addiction to it. And I think, without me ranting too much and sounding my age, I'm going to draw a line under it and basically suggest try it for two days. You don't have to delete the apps, you don't have to do any of that, but if you turn off all the notifications and you stop reading that stuff, if you get itchy and twitchy, you might need to seek help. But if you can go two days without it, try it for four days, try it for six days, try it for a week, try it for two weeks. I went cold turkey with Facebook. First of January, whatever year it was, I just went, right, I'm not going to do Facebook anymore. I deleted the app from my phone. I had to keep Facebook Messenger on. That annoyed me. Let's not get me more triggered about Facebook. But why do I have to have two separate apps, one for the Messenger and one for the Facebook feed? So I deleted the Facebook app and I stopped using the website. And then at the end of that first year of success, I then went on the website and disabled my account. I've never looked back. So I think that's something that you need to try is to just... Not, I'm not saying wean yourself off it, but I am saying just give it a try and just see how, how important it is in your life. Because if you are getting that itchy kind of, oh, I need to have a look at my phone, oh, I can't cope. That's an addiction. I'm Leon Deggs, and don't forget to smash that like button and subscribe to the pod. We really appreciate it. (laughs) Thank you for listening.